75 years of history has been made here. Shaped by innovators, game changers, champions. A revered legacy was forged and a bar was set. The Browns are winners again. This is getting to be fun. Going towards the end zone. Caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! We want more. As a team, we work. Miles Garrett got it back at the 35-yard line. Every day, for every yard, for every win. Rose, corner, touchdown, Jarvis Landry. We work hard, we work smart. It's not one or the other. Taking nothing for granted. Nothing is given. Jump ball, tease in. Everything is earned. I believe in the men of this group. I believe in this group. Touchdown, Browns. Is that enough? No. Is that all you got? Ah! You got more? Ah! Dog Pound Nation, a Cleveland Browns podcast. Welcome in, Dog Pound Nation. The Cleveland Browns season has officially begun. Well, a week ago, but we're back for our first official regular season episode. And Mike not Quickly, to mention, this is a special episode, too, because this is a our official one-year-to-the-day anniversary of our very first episode. Wow. Now, that's pretty funny that we're doing this episode to start the season on the anniversary of the first official. That's pretty cool. And do you want to know what's also interesting? What's that? That I saw, too, from back in our memories. Um not only was this year to the day when we started, it's also the same exact way that we started out, covering weeks one and two. Yeah, I, I, when the Chiefs game aired last week, I kept thinking, should we do a podcast? But then I thought, you know what? Let's wait to see if the Browns get a win in week two. Therefore, we can celebrate a win within this first loss against the Chiefs yet again. Hmm. Yeah, but I mean, we did prove at least that we can hang with the big boys. We can, and I look forward to that potential third matchup in the playoffs. I mean, it's unfortunate that we're not the ones that handed the Chiefs their first loss, but... Oh, Baltimore, Baltimore, how I hate thee. Uh, how I hate Lamar Jackson so right now, for one Teams. reason only. Teams and that's because masters. I took him out. Of my fantasy roster. Shouldn't have done that. Just shouldn't have done that. I know. But anyway, Dog Pound Nation. Like Mike just said, welcome to our, technically our first real episode of season two. Yeah, we did the preseason, the draft, and the schedule release, but this is the first official episode, we'll say, of the 2021 season. And we've got a lot of ground to cover tonight with you. Yeah, uh, a Chiefs game that went particularly well for the first three, eh, two and a half, three quarters, and then the it fourth went, quarter went to shit. It, it went well the first two quarters, and then halftime happened. Now yeah, that the botched snap and the Nick Chubb fumble happened. The Baker Mayfield interception, which was the real costly one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I want to look at that as being more costly. Really that, that sealed the game for Casey. It did. 
It did, but the Browns were up by three before that muffed punt that Jamie Gillen should have punted and not ran, which I don't think he should have ran that ball. He wasn't going to get 15 yards for a first down. I mean, down. I'm about to say, there was fourth and what, 15? Yep. Yep. And you even know. with the fumbled punt, like fumbled uh, handling of the ball, he still had plenty of time to pump that ball away. Well, that's the thing that, the thing that kills me because it's like, if it would have been like fourth and two, fourth and three, I would have said, fine, go for it, try to get it, you know, whatever. But, but I mean, I can't really fault him too much. It's the it's really the first actual flub I've seen him do since he joined Brown's squad. True. True. I'll give you that. So I'll chalk this one up to nerves against, you know, the AFC's best. Yeah. The Browns still have the one glaring problem. It's learning how to finish against the good teams. And I'm hoping that's something they're going to learn as the year goes on. The one glaring problem we have is the same as last year. And we really need to step this up. And I'm sure you know exactly what that is. Our defense needs to fucking do something here. Yeah. Our defense um, started our out defense, slow last year. Our defense, you know, this, the first game against the Chiefs, went so well. We did not let them get the ball, and when we did, they were not able to score really against us. No, and that's the frustrating thing. But I think this is going to be another case of the defense will get stronger as the year goes on, which is okay as long as you're not losing games early in the season and then your playoff chances hurt later in the year even if your defense gets better. It won't matter. Exactly. But anyway, let's dive into this first game against the Chiefs here. And right. there's one thing in particular I want to go right into. Uh, well, all right. Let's go ahead and put you front and center then. <laughs> I'm trying to get the picture in picture the way we There we go. Okay, there we go. But we'll get to the Browns opening drive here in just a second. What I want you to pull up here, Mike, mm -hmm. is the clip of the sideline interaction on the Chiefs' side after the Harrison Bryant stop on – or not Ronnie – not Harrison Bryant. Ronnie Harrison stop on Edwards Hilaire. We'll have to wait to see if the highlight comes up on this. I don't know if it will on this one or not. But let's, let's I talk have, about that, though. I have a major bone to pick with the NFL's decision on that. While, yes, I can agree an ejection is warranted for, you know – putting your hands on a coaching staff of the opposite team, no matter the circumstance, I can see that warning and ejection. Sure. But to reverse the call, uh, the unsportsmanlike conduct from the Chiefs bench mm -hmm. to making it an offset penalty with uh, Harrison getting ejected is – absolutely asinine to me and to find out this past week that only Harrison was fined for that sideline scuffle and the chief's assistant was not is yeah bullshit I'm not understanding that situation going back and watching it I'm seeing that the chief's player actually gave Harrison a little nudge which caused him to step on the player so I don't think it well, was purposely it wasn't even done because the nudge was accidental too yeah, I mean, none of it was on purpose. And the, what the coach did to Harrison, that was on purpose. And 
all he gets is a penalty flag and, and a warning and no no fine? I, I don't get it at all. I mean, to him saying, oh, if you do it again, there's going to be a strict penalty. But that's bullshit. It ain't going to happen again. It ain't gonna, it, chance of it happening twice in one game are slim to none. And it's like, why does Harrison get ejected? Shouldn't he have gotten a warning too? I know what I mean. Putting your hands on a coach is understandable. Yeah, that is an understandable warranted ejection from the game. Sure, I will give it that. So he did rightly get ejected from the game, but the coach should have gotten punished as well. Well, for the coach not to even be even 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 thrown out himself or even fined is is a joke, and that's that's been the biggest problem with the NFL in past years. It's the double standards and. And the uh, even with the scheduling last year with COVID, it was like the good teams were getting all the scheduling moves, but some of the mediocre to bad teams were getting screwed. And the Browns were one of the teams that got screwed. Look what happened against the Jets with our wide receivers being out because of COVID. Our game didn't get rescheduled, but the Ravens got moved back, what, 10 days from its original scheduled game? Yeah, it was rescheduled. That was the Ravens-Steelers game, I believe, right? Yeah, it got moved, I think, like almost a whole week. I and, think it and was the Browns- three times that it got moved. Yeah, but our game couldn't get moved just a little bit just to see if our receivers, you know, it was a false negative or, a, I mean, a false positive test. I, it, it didn't make sense. I, I don't get it at all. Mm-hmm. But anyway, going to the game here, as we saw in the clips here, the opening drive for the Browns leading to a touchdown and the ballsy move on Stefanski's part to go for the two-point conversion right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm watching these highlights here, and I'm seeing that the Browns up 15-3. to Things were just looking fantastic in this first half. I thought, hmm, the Browns really have that chip on their shoulder, and they plan on going in here and demolishing Kansas City. And right, especially so after seeing the 30-plus yard catch uh, Mayfield through to, let me see if I can find out who that was. I want to say that was to Njoku. Yeah, uh, so it was Njoku. In the second drive. Yeah. And that led to a rushing touchdown from Hunt, putting us up 15-3 to going into the second quarter. Like how, like, how do you not get excited to see something like this happen? Well, this is the thing that's puzzled me, and I'm watching these plays the Chiefs are running, and the defense just frustrated me so much in this game because I know the Chiefs are good, they're dynamic, but then I'm watching the Ravens play them last night, and I'm seeing that that's what the Browns' defense, I think, is capable of. They have the talent. Now, I don't know if it's a chemistry problem or them meshing. I don't know. But in this game, it was very disappointing. The only thing I can really say that might warrant anything with our defense is between between the Chiefs game and this Texans game, we've got – what, nine new starters or something like that on our defense? It's a lot. It's quite a bit. But I, at the same time, like, guys need to step it up. They do. And, you know, we heard all about, you know, John Johnson and, and Troy Hill being leaders on this defense, and I have yet to see it. I didn't even see it yesterday in the Texans game. I saw little glimmers of, of, of defensive improvement, but – there was just too many things that went wrong considering that this was against the Texans who are predicted to actually be in contention for the first overall pick next year. And to be honest with you, I think the Texans are a lot better of a team than they're be given, uh, given credit for. And but I, I, I got to say, like we ragged on Tyrod Taylor way too much. Like, well, he was, he was terrible he in a Browns really, uniform. 
he is a lot better of a quarterback than people do give him credit for. Oh, he was the great problem, with the Bills. The problem is that he just cannot stay healthy. Well, he has a basically an RG3 problem, but he's not quite as mobile as him, but he has that same similar style to him that, unfortunately, the injuries have hampered him much like RG3. Exactly. Um, but going down the stat line here, like both Mayfield and Mahomes – had damn near perfect days. They did. They they both they both showed that they're top ten quarterbacks in the league. I believe. At least I know Mayfield. I still believe is easily a top ten quarterback in this league. Well, yeah, he's not be still he's still not being given enough credit, you know, in the media. And I don't know what it's going to take for for Mayfield to get the credit, especially after last year that run he made in the last half of the season. And in the playoffs, I don't know what the media really wants from him to prove that he's a franchise quarterback. It just seems to me they can never just say, you know what, the Browns found their guy. Well, considering the Browns' history the last 20-odd years, how can they even remotely say that? Exactly. I don't get it at all. But, I mean, the stat line here, yeah, Mayfield may not have thrown a touchdown, and he had that costly interception at the end of the game that – sealed the victory for the Chiefs. Yeah. But 21 of 28 for 321 yards. I mean, that's again, yeah, you look at you look at the stat line, you don't see a touchdown there. But see, that's not the most important thing. The fact of the matter is he put the Browns in position for Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt to run the ball in. So why why is that a problem? Because he doesn't have a touchdown on the stat line? Exactly. Like our four touchdowns all came from rushing. Mm-hmm. With Jarvis Landry, surprisingly enough, being one of those rushing touchdowns. Yeah. I'm watching this play on the highlights. This play was amazing. I actually thought they were going to score here. Oh, I know. I was sitting here listening to this game because of me being at work. But, right. yeah, they really looked like that schoolyard nonsense that you see in like movies like The Longest Yard. Yeah. Almost pull off and score again going into yeah. halftime. And you think about it too, if they would have actually would have scored there, that probably would have won them the game. It's definitely possible that that would have won them the game. But this is where things really went downhill here in the second half. And it's because of mainly this drive alone. Yeah. The Chiefs be holding on to the ball the opening drive in the second half for almost eight minutes was the length of this drive. Yep. Yep. It was a long drive. They did exactly what the Browns did to them in the first in the first half. First quarter, actually. And then we get the essentially three and out. No, we get the Chubb fumble here. Yeah, I look back at that Right after fumble. that drive. and We were driving, and, too. Yeah, we were driving. Like, he had we, – we ran four plays, I think, and that before – or the fourth play was our fumble. Yeah. And all three of the plays before that were Chubb runs for mm-hmm. – almost 30 yards alone right there. I mean, you could say maybe they shouldn't have run one play after the other, the same play, but how often has Chubb fumbled? I mean, look at his history. I think he's fumbled, what, two or three times in his entire career? Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 low. It's a low number. Maybe it's not two or three, but it's a low number, and he's very trustworthy. So for him to have fumbled the ball, it, it's not yeah, going like, to be something that's going to happen. getting like the six yards here, and then it was followed up by another 15-yard run right here. On essentially right the same play. Oh, it's after this play here. Yeah, he makes that big run to get out to the 50, around the 50-yard line, and then this right here. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, one that really hurt us here. And then it's essentially just one throw or three plays and Mahomes is back in the lead again. Or no, they actually field goal here. The, the, this game is actually very similar to the playoff game because it's it's kind of in reverse. The Browns' first half is what the Browns' second half was here. So therefore, what the Browns did in the second half here, that was what the Browns did in the first half of the playoff game because they were just not able to move the ball. They were making a lot of mistakes. Second half, they surged back, but there was just too much at one time. And it's just exactly. kind of funny and how... The fact that it came down to the last few minutes of the game, again, for yeah. uh, this game, because the Browns were ahead most of the game. Like, the Browns were ahead for, a, like, a quarter and a half last uh, last season, at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the frustrating thing here is, too, is that, like, in the playoff game, the Browns didn't get that last-ditch opportunity to try to tie the game. They didn't get that drive. Whereas in Garrett and and, uh, and Clowney made that sack to give the Browns the opportunity to drive at the end of the game, and sadly, you know, it ended up the way it did. But and it, it's unfortunate, but, yeah, we were playing the Chiefs. We were playing them in Arrowhead Stadium. I, and that crowd is going to end up causing a lot of, you problems. know, problems, I think. So, yeah. I can't really hate on the Browns too much for what happened. No, they played good ball. It's just it's just upsetting they couldn't finish, and that's just one thing they, they had a problem with last year that unfortunately that was not fixed in week one. They did not play four-quarter four ball. No. I mean, they, they finished yesterday, thankfully, because there was a little bit of, of, of hiccups at the end of the game where it looked like it could be a lot closer than it, than it ended up being. It was a 10-point finish, but really it was a lot closer than that really when and, and you watched the game. The game. Was, the game was a lot closer than the score gives it credit yeah. for. And it's mainly due to the fact that Tyrod Taylor was torturing our defense. Yeah, and that's what's frustrating, too, because <laughs> I'm watching Tyrod Taylor, and I'm like, you know, he didn't do any of this shit in a Browns uniform. None of it. He looked like dog shit in a Browns uniform. I mean, he was replaced in what week? Uh, week two by Baker. Week three. Week three. Okay. Well, because I remember I was at that game and he was playing like utter and complete dog shit. But eh, such is life. So, going down the stat line here. Obviously, we talked about Mayfield and only having seven incompletions throughout the entire game, which. You're used to seeing that number be a little bit higher, but yeah, the pass attempts for him. Yeah, his pass attempts, uh, you would have expected more. I mean, even like yesterday, there was only 21 attempts, you know. So, but you know what, though? At the end of the day, if if he's got those low attempts, that means the running game must be working. So, that's kind of a positive takeaway from it. Exactly. And going into the running game here, Nick Chubb, 15 carries for 83 yards, two TDs, averaging 5.5 yards a carry. That's not bad. That's not bad. I mean, he's averaging, you know, a first down every two carries. That that You can't ask for much more than that. It's just like Hunt, too. I mean, he may have only had six carries, but it was for 33 yards, another five and a half yards per carry, and he had a TD himself. Yeah. And then we had Jarvis Landry, like I said, was a surprising one with two different times that he was running the ball for us for 13 yards, and he gets the one other rushing TD we had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a good receiving day, I thought. Um, surprisingly, the Najoku led the receiving core, which 
Has that ever I'm, happened to see, I'm, not I'm not surprised because they're it seems like they're going on a um more two tight end uh set line, it looks like. Yeah. Which is going to present opportunities for people like Njoku to get plays going. Well, yeah, I, I just think I'm surprised because I don't think he has led in the receiving of any game since he's since he got drafted. I don't think so. This might have been the, might have been the first one. It may have been, but he's still showing that he's one of those top end uh, tight ends that his stock may very well end up rising enough to where you know we could end up seeing potential trade offers for him coming up here for. Yeah, you never I don't know what pieces that we could need. I don't know if I want to get rid of him anymore now. You know, before we were hearing the rumors of him getting traded. And, but here's uh, the thing, though. Like, for, that's been the better part of, like, the last two seasons. We're still going to hear about it. There's a Kevin Love situation all over again, at least with Njoku. Well, something changed. Something changed. And it was... Um, we found out that his agent was kind of influencing his decision to leave Cleveland and Najoku came out. Uh, I think it was uh, about a week or two before the season started. And he had said that he had fired his agent because he told his agent he wanted to stay in Cleveland. He was happy where he was and his agent was pushing. So he fired and let him go. Well, I hope that he is here for a good length of time, but mm -hmm. on the off chance that he isn't, it seems like he, they're raising his stock enough to hopefully, you know, get some potential suitors out there for, a high for a higher round draft pick for you know some better quality players for our line i mean it's possible the one thing about that is though i think he's actually been playing better than austin hooper uh at least it seems like it for now anyway so my, i guess my question would be is before you get to the trade deadline here's a good question for this if at the trade deadline you're looking at the tight end situation and you're seeing that Let's our, our tight end situation, we have Njoku, Hooper, and who else? Bryant, Harrison Bryant. Uh, we see those three as our rotating and when we're going our two tight end options here. Yeah, so if Njoku is far and ahead of Hooper at the, at the trade deadline, and you're looking at the stats and it's pretty much one-sided, do you potentially try to trade Austin Hooper? I would look at potentially trading Harrison Bryant. If he Hooper, gets quality numbers up to that point. Hooper's been performing better than Bryant has. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I just think that depends I don't on trade know, value. I don't know if I want to look at trading away Hooper. At least not yet. No, I mean, I think that it would only be a good idea only if you're in a situation where you really need players. Like, if you really feel like your defense really needs that extra guy to really amp up the defense, then maybe you make that move. But we're far and beyond away from that point yet until we see if this defense can gel. Um, and I guess the good news is, is, too, is that we kind of have a stretch of a few games here where we're playing some teams that are just kind of mediocre. I mean, you got the Bears, then you got the Vikings. Um Unfortunately, see, I think after I'm that you got really the Chargers, but I'm really interested to see how the game against the Bears go. Yeah. Because of just how dynamic of a player Justin Fields is. Yeah, it's looking like he may in fact start. They're not officially announcing it yet. I'm kind of hoping Andy Dalton does start, but it's looking like Justin Fields. I I Fields is performing way better than Dalton has so far, so 
I can really see Fields being named starter for the rest of the season at this point. That's potentially possible. I just hope that uh, we show him his welcome to the NFL moments and we put his face in the ground. We're going to have to hope and see. But anyway, going to our receiving game here, like we were talking about, pretty widespread for the most part. Uh, like we were talking about, Najoko leading with three receptions for 76 yards. We got Landry in here, five receptions for 71 yards. Uh, mm-hmm. Anthony Schwartz with three uh, receptions for 69. Uh, Kareem Hunt had another three receptions for 28. Austin Not Hooper bad. with three receptions for 27. That's five players right there that had at least three receptions. Not too shabby. So the ball was getting spread around, and it people were getting them at a consistent rate. Like, they weren't dropping the ball so much. Well, see, that's comforting to know because, uh, especially with the receiving situation now with Landry being out at least two to three weeks, that these other guys can kind of pick up the slack, and I'm hoping that they're reliable enough to do that. Oh, that's another thing I want to talk about real quick. As good as our defense was showing this game, uh, mm-hmm. the beginning, there's one thing that our line needs to work on, and especially I'm singling out Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they cannot get so over eager to jump the quarterback. Yeah, Miles Garrett had a huge problem was, with offside penalties. There was a bountiful amount of offsides penalties between those two, and that was starting to become a little much. That's a Miles Garrett glaring problem since he's been here. He just he has a tendency to really jump the snap. And I know I appreciate the fact that he wants to get a jump on the ball and sometimes it works out fantastic. But too many offside penalties. You can't be giving guys free yards. You just can't be doing it. No, you can't. Especially against teams like the Chiefs and the Ravens, you cannot be giving them free yards. But such is life. Going in defense wise yeah. here, uh Anthony Walker with eight tackles, two assists. We got Denzel Ward with four and two. John Johnson with four and one. Uh, we got Miles Garrett, two and two. He had a sack this game. He did get his sack. As well as uh, the one who we I was not expecting to see or to get our first sack of the season. That was uh, Joe Jackson. Yeah, and it was only his, ta- his only tackle of the game. I was not expecting to see Joe Jackson's name being put up there as who got us the first sack. Yeah, no, I I wouldn't have thought that either. Obviously, all the smart money would have been on looking at uh, Clowney, Garrett, uh, fucking Wilson, Koromoa. Koromoa, that's somebody I wanted to talk about briefly. Um the radio today was talking about his impact the first two games. And I mean, yeah, you haven't really seen him make that play yet to really see him be noticeable, but people need to remember at the end of the day, he is still a rookie. He's still learning the Browns defense. It comes down to that same thing. We talked about them gelling the chemistry, something that I definitely believe is going to get better as the season goes on. You can only hope at this point though. If we go based off last year, I believe it can happen, but it's different guys. So who knows? Yeah, that is true. So let's hope we can keep us rolling here. Anyway, did you have anything else to add from the Chiefs game? No, just that I look forward to the uh, the rematch in the AFC Championship game. 
Yeah, let's let's hope it gets to that point. I'd love for us to t- finally top them. Uh, you and me both. But All anyway, right, let's, going let's get to our first the win. Next game from yesterday against the Texans. Yeah. Okay. So the Houston Texans, uh, the Browns' first win of the season. Thankfully, had me a little worried here. Um, the one negative thing I take away from this, again, we talked about it earlier, was was the defense. Um, I saw some improvements from last week, but I saw some of the same glaring problems, especially receivers that are open five, 10 year, 10 yards off, off the defender, which I don't like. And I don't know why Joe Woods is playing that conservative deep zone. Cause it's, it's not working. It's not working. No, it's not. It, it really is not at all. We need to see our defense step up more at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, now we're starting to see from this game, this is two weeks in now, and it doesn't look like our defense has improved a whole lot. No, especially against a team that's Especially against a Texans team that, like you said, we're, we're in the debate for are they going to end up being a team that's vying for the number one seat, for the overall number one pick in the draft. Now that Tyrod Taylor is hurting out for numerous weeks, I think they are now. Uh, if especially if they keep having Davis Mills uh, QBing for them, because it was rough for him. Uh, he made some some nice plays, but for the most part, I saw some pretty. Well, ugly one of the throws. you can definitely tell that there is, especially after the Tyrod Taylor injury, mm-hmm. uh, the you can definitely tell there's dissension among the ranks in. Houston because the fact that even with Taylor out, even if Miller gets injured, they're not going to activate Deshaun Watson at all. Yeah, that was something that was going around last night that if they get desperate enough, would they consider doing it? And they said Houston actually is weighing their options. So I don't know, but I really don't think we are going to be seeing Deshaun Watson playing in a Texans uniform. I don't think he deserves to play right now. I really don't. I think that, you know, when you have, what is it, like 20 or 30-plus women accusing him, one of them's got to be true. I have no true. idea at this point, but you never know. I mean, it could all just be a group of people that are trying to, you know, blacklist a player for something they didn't do. We've seen this happen time and time again with multiple different uh, fields, whether it be um, – Hollywood, whether it be sports, doesn't matter. We've seen it happen time and time again. But, yeah, like you said, there's just something fishy about this whole situation. Yeah, I mean, when, when you have 20 or 30-plus, you know, it only takes one at that point. So, I don't know. It doesn't look good for him. But, yeah, even if he does get cleared, I don't see him being on the Texans roster anymore. No, I don't either. So, we will see. Yeah, Houston, I think they're pretty much cooked if, if, if this – um this uh, Tyrod Taylor injury lasts, you know, more than four or five weeks. Exactly. But anyway, going into this game against the Texans here, Mayfield completing 19 of 21 passes. That alone right there, like the accuracy is getting better and better. Yeah, his accuracy. I am just, I, I am just loving the fact that he rarely throws a pass that doesn't look good. It's rare. It's very rare. 
I mean, he's thrown a lot. He threw a lot of them last year. I mean, let's face it. He did throw a lot of them that looked clunky. Especially early in the year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he started cleaning up what he was doing. He started learning more. He's threw a lot less interceptions. He started throwing a lot more accurate. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, we had another issue where he threw another interception this game. But... I mean, if you're going to throw two interceptions in the first two games total compared to however many he had last year at this point. Yeah. Well, I'm going to relieve him from that interception this game because the fact of the matter is Anthony Schwartz, the rookie, did not run through the ball. He stopped the route and let the Houston guy just go right in front of him and take the ball. And it's like, you know what, kid? You better learn to take a hit because you cannot be letting your quarterback throw interceptions because you don't want to run through the ball and you're afraid to get hit. Yeah, yeah, but I will see. We'll hopefully be seeing more improvement from him too, because he, like you said, he is a rookie. Yeah, we're gonna end up seeing more improvements for them, hopefully. So I can't really fault him too much. No, and that's okay for now. But he's got to learn from that, and I think that that might be the last time he makes that mistake. Because I wouldn't, you know. Oh yeah, I doubt he's gonna be making that mistake again. Mm -hmm. But. Like I said, Mayfield, 19-21 for 213 yards with a TD in an end this game. Uh, let's see. Hmm. I believe there's something that we have to take a look at here, Mike, that mm -hmm. is, yet again, at the seems to be just something we're used to seeing so much. Chubb and Hunt leading our team in rushing. As always. I mean, but, you know, it's that's going to be what the Browns are. Nick Chubb with 11 carries for 95 yards and a TD this game, averaging 8.6 yards per carry. His average yards is just, God, it's just ridiculous. Uh, what I want to know is how much of this is after contact as well. Yeah, it doesn't say that. I, th I think they said last year he was averaging somewhere around six or seven yards after first contact. I, that's insane. You don't it, see it that from a lot of running backs. You only really see those kind of numbers from your high-end elite running backs. Welcome to the NFL, people. This is, we've been telling you for the last couple of seasons that Chubb is that guy. Well, I think that this is going to be the year where Nick Chubb's finally going to win running back of the year because I, really I actually, so. I think actually he should have won it last year. Um, I know Derrick Henry had a great for, year, but... If it wasn't for him getting, what was it? Was it injury or was that the COVID protocol? Yeah, it was. It was injury. I think for what, like two or three, three weeks, about three weeks. Yeah, that was the Raiders game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he had that small. I think it was a, some kind of hamstring or some kind of injury. But yeah, where he missed the three games and he still rushed for over a thousand yards. Yeah. So I mean, if it wasn't for that, he definitely would have got it. But I think he's definitely. And that we got. Year. Kareem Hunt with 13 carries for 51 yards, averaging 3.9 per carry. I, looking at it right now, on Hunt's over 100 yards rushing. Chubb is pushing close to damn near 200 already. I mean, this is this is just what Cleveland this, Browns football this has become. Really, this really could be the year where we see the. RB's one and two getting both a thousand yards each. Well, I think there's no denying that the Browns do have the best running back duo in the NFL. There's just no arguing that at all. I, uh, yeah, there you cannot argue that point. No. 
But let's see here. Baker Mayfield, eight he carried he rushed the ball eight times himself for ten yards, and he also had one of our three rushing TDs. I love seeing Baker run in the end zone because he gets so fired up. He just whips the ball at the fucking wall. I love it. Or how about we talk about this one? This one confuses the absolute hell out of me. Andy Janovich, two carries for zero yards, but a touchdown. <laughs> oh, Andy Janovich, man. I'll tell you, he he could I be this team's unsung Jackson. hero. I could see him being this team's unsung hero. No, getting no yards rushing at all this season, and yet he's going to end up leading the team in touch, rushing touchdowns. I, That's possible. Okay. That's possible. Oh, we should talk about as well. Uh, we should talk about the yeah. scare of the Baker Mayfield injury because it looked like we were going to lose him this game. Uh, it did not look good. Of, speaking of injuries, we really, really are hoping here that the Jarvis Landry injury is not going to be a major one. Well, it's an MCL sprain. It's dated. It's week to week. It's looking like two to three weeks tops, which is excellent news because all I could think of was is an ACL, and then he'd be out for the year. So we 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 dodged the bullet. Um, but came the out problem earlier. is, unless we get OBJ back this week, it's looking like he's going to come back this week. They're, they're, they're I really sure. hope so because if we don't get him back soon, if and while this is while Landry is going to be out. Mm-hmm. We're going to be in some serious trouble with our receiving core. Yeah. Because um, that means we're relying on Peoples Jones, Hollywood Higgins. And yeah, we they're good players, but can we expect them to carry the team for us? The radio today was talking about how the Browns may, if, if OBJ does not play, they are actually considering lining up Kareem Hunt as one of, one of the wide receivers. It would be interesting to see. I mean, yeah, he wouldn't get his uh, rushing in really much for the game, mm-hmm. but he's got good hands when it comes to getting that ball. Yeah, I mean, I don't see him going down the field for deep balls, but he'd definitely be your, you know, f- you know, her route runner for five to ten yards. And that's where the speed of him being a running back comes in because then he can turn right. that five to ten yard uh, short route into it extended like 30 40 plus yards yeah a lot of the passes in the flat screen passes you know that that's his specialty so we might see a lot of those if obj does not play which based on what i heard today it's looking pretty good that he's gonna play sunday good it'd so be nice to see him back out on the field and see how he's doing after the uh tear I'm going to be very curious, too, to see him out there without Landry because we didn't get a chance to see that and just to see how much of an impact maybe he can make without Jarvis out there. It's going to be interesting to see, that's for sure. Um, if he Is it going to be another situation where it was last year with OBJ out, Landry stepping up big time? Where Are we going to see that while Landry's out, OBJ, we're going to see him back in his true star power form? I hope so. I hope we see that, you know, New York Giant guy, you know, in the first couple of years that was so dynamic that nobody could stop him. It's going to be interesting to see. I do. You know, we were talking about stats, and I and I, I broke these down. So here is Baker Mayfield's stats through week two. 40 of 49, 81% completion percentage, 10 yards a pass, nearly 11, 534 yards, one TD, and two interceptions. Oh, and a rushing TD as well. 
Yeah. Uh, well, if, can you pull up the QBR for that as well? Uh, let me see. His QBR right now is... It is not giving me his QBR. That's fine. We can worry about that at a different time, but... His QBR for the Texans game was 54. Eh. Oh. But the biggest thing to take away from here is the fact that he has less than 10 incomplete passes through the first two games. Yeah, I mean, nine incompletions in two games? He's got almost an 82% completion rate. Mm Mm-hmm. He's accurate as shit, and and he's probably one of the most accurate quarterbacks probably in the NFL right now. Right now, yeah. So, I mean, his yardage, you know, his yardage is is a little low, but again, that's because the Browns are a run-first team, and that's what the media needs to realize, that the Browns are not a pass-first team. They are run-first all the way. That's what we need to be. And here's Nick Chubbs through week two. 26 attempts for 178, 6.8 average, 3 TDs, and 3 catches for 21. Which is great. I love seeing those numbers. Chubb averaging almost seven yards a carry through the first two games alone. That's crazy. Already has three touchdown uh, uh, rushing touchdowns. Almost 200 yards already. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed with it. He's averaging 89 yards a game so far. If we care, if we carry that average, give me one second here. Let's see if we carry the 89 yard average through all 17 games, mm-hmm. we're looking at him having a total of 1,513 yards by the end of the season. Wow. Wow, that's... that's just averaging 89. That's just him with the average of 89 a game. That's crazy. It, we're not talking about the kind of team, the kind of player that we're going to see that's going to explode over these weak rush defense uh, teams. And those are coming. Those are coming down the pike. Um, keep the Kareem Hunt one up there, too. Uh, Kareem Hunt's stats are 19 attempts for 84 yards, 4.4 average, 1 TD, 4 catches for 30 yards. What's his prediction? So let's see. We've got a total of 84 yards, so we're looking at 42 per game average here. So if we take the 42 through all 17 games, mm-hmm. we're looking at him getting 714. We know that's not going to be the case. Well, that's not even bad for a second running back either. No, that isn't. But he mm-hmm. had more yards last season, mainly, obviously mainly from the uh, few weeks that uh, Chubb was injured. Mm-hmm. But we're also looking at a player that we know is going to end up rushing for more than that. More than likely. I could see him getting somewhere around nine 900 to 1,000. I could see it. Which is going to be amazing to see because we haven't had anything like that happen in, at least in the NFL, at least in a long time. No, the only time that we've seen something similar to that in a Browns uniform was uh, Ernest Miner and Kevin Mack. That's, the, the, that exactly. duo was, 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 was that good, and this duo is actually better than them. So, so it's only a matter of time at this point before that gets shattered. Yep, yep. So, uh, okay, well, the AFC North standings look like this. Everybody's one and one. Everybody is indeed one and one. The Ravens and the Browns made up for their losses last week. The Steelers Mm -hmm. and the Bengals both losing. 
Uh, we've got the Chiefs sitting at one and one as well. We've got the Texans at one and one. Like, there's not a whole lot out there at the moment that are two and oh right now. You know, we talked about you know the other day you and I about who we wanted to win that you know that that Chiefs Ravens game, and really either way it was a win win for the Browns because at least with the Ravens winning this, the Chiefs have the same record as the Browns now. So, you know, we, we're always thinking ahead of the best record for home field advantage in a potential AFC championship game. And now you have the Ravens. That Browns. one is going to come down to the head-to-head if they – look, if they somehow end up with a tied record, that one's going to end up right. coming well, down to the head-to-head, which it, that's going to give the Chiefs the lead on that case. That's the downside on that one. And the good news here is, is that if you look at the top four teams in the AFC, are all one and one Browns, Bills, Ravens, Chiefs. That is good for us. Through two weeks, we're tied with all oh, those yeah, teams. Oh, yeah, you cannot complain at all. No, we are we're in a good position. And I like our stretch of a schedule, too. You know, you got to play Chicago and then you play Minnesota. You're going to have to play the Chargers and the, the, um, the Cardinals. Those two games are going to be a little tough with Herbert and uh, Kyler Murray. Those are going to be challenges for our defense, but um, I oh, like yeah. I, I like our chances this week and against Minnesota. I think the Browns could go into that Charger game three and one. At least I'm hoping, as long as our defense holds up. Um, I watched some of that Steelers game against the Raiders. Some of the highlights and stuff. The Steelers did not look good at home. Uh, to be fair, the Steelers have not looked good. Period. I think. I mean, yeah, they had their victory last week, but eh. Yeah, the Bills just played like shit. It was more of the Bills played like crap than what the Steelers actually played good in that game. Yeah. Um, Baltimore, you know, they they looked good last night. I watched almost all the game. Uh, they did come back and win. But um, we knew the Ravens were going to be a little bit of a problem. We know there are, there are actual competition for the division, and they, they're living up to that. Um, and I, I'm just going to say that it's going to come down to those head-to-head matches against the Ravens. That's what it's going to come down to. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to have to. That's the only way that the division race is going to end up, you know, being something worthwhile is when it comes down to the Ravens and the Browns. Yeah, I mean, that's all we can really hope for. And then uh, Cincinnati, well, you know, they're not I even never, I can't even knock Cincinnati because they've looked good. They've looked better than I thought they would. Um but uh, they're, they're still – they might compete for third place. I could actually see them beating out the Steelers for third place. I could see it happening. It's possible. I'm not going to say yes for now, but it's definitely possible. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be uh, the Steelers' competition this year. I, I really do. And uh, the Bengals are, are coming up there, and the Bengals are going to are gonna be competitive uh, here really soon. And my the, the Steelers are going to start tapering off real hard here. They're going to be the, the bottom feeders. The thing that's really going to be, honestly, the Browns may end up walking away with this division. It all depends on how Lamar Jackson's able to carry that offense because, unfortunately, as we've seen, which I feel bad for the Ravens in this case, as we've seen throughout the preseason and heading into week one, Mm -hmm. they've lost their top three running backs to season-ending injuries. Yeah, the only run game they have is Lamar Jackson at this point. So they're going to have to heavily rely on Lamar Jackson at this point. I know that they – I believe I heard something about they signed um, – who was it to the practice squad? Is he a vet? 
Yeah. Trying to think who's out there. Uh, give me one second. I'll be able to tell you. Yeah, I think the one thing the Ravens need to worry about, though, is if they have to, if they have to heavily rely on Lamar, uh, that's going to put him in a very heavy injury-prone situation. It is, and that's going to very badly hurt them because if he gets injured, who do they have at um, our backup? Well, RG3 was their backup last year, but I don't know if he's even on the team anymore now. Um, but if Lamar goes down and it's for three, four, five weeks, the Ravens are done. They're done. Oh, easily. So they, they really got to protect uh, Le'Veon Lamar. Bell. Le'Veon Bell is who. Eh. I mean, that's okay. I mean, Le'Veon's not the same Le'Veon from, from Pittsburgh. Uh, that, that might be okay for them, but he's not going to carry them to, like, you know, eight nine 900,000 yard season. No, I don't not see that happening. Mm-mm. So, um, yeah, all in all, yeah, I, I like where the Browns are positioned right now. Um, I can't really complain about that. So, um, no, you like really can't complain about it at all. Like I said, we like we discussed, uh, we really both like to see improvements on our defense. Um, yeah. some of these rookies really need to start stepping up because they're in the starting roles for a reason. They beat mm-hmm. out some of these other known players that have proven themselves in the, that position, right? Because they obviously the coaches saw something in them, so we need them to step up. Well, we had a lot of depth on our roster, and I, and I know that cutting some guys to 53-man roster was tough. So we, we have depth, and I think we're good there. Um, and, and I like I, I like our chances uh, if we get into predictions for the game against the Bears. I, I like the Browns here again because we're playing at home. Um, if it ends up being Justin Fields' first start. Uh, I, it's going to be I, a more interesting game. It just depends on if we can keep Fields contained. If we right. can keep him contained, this is going to be a blowout game. If we mm-hmm. can't, this is going to be a closer game than people I think are going to give uh, credit to. I hope but not. But obviously, this I have the Browns winning this game. Yeah, I'm going to get a final score prediction here. I'm going to say the Browns win this one. Uh, I think uh, there's going to be at least a 10-point game. Uh, I'm going to say the favorite. Browns win this 30-17. to 17. Yes, I'm going to I'm going to call this one a duplicate of this week. I think it's going to be 31-21. Yeah, I think the Browns are going to continue their streak of getting around that 30 point, uh, thirty points on offense. Well, let's hope we can keep this up and going. Uh, but with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this week of Dog Pound Nation. We are looking forward to joining you next week after our game against the Bears. Uh, do you have anything else to add there, Mike? No, um, just that uh, we'll be, well, I think we'll come back next week. Uh, we'll go back to doing games probably more weekly. Um, we'll probably still do the occasional episode where we'll do, you know, skip a week and do two two games. Um, but we'll probably get get back to you guys uh, next week for the, for the Bears game. We'll break that one down, and then we'll go from there. All right. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, thank you for joining us for another episode. Go Browns.